my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Welcome back, divas. We've got another Masterclass episode for you, and I am so thrilled to introduce you to Ayung Hong. Ayung Hong has been called by Opera News a soprano of fearlessness and consummate artistry, which is true, by the way. She's interpreted a vast array of repertoire from Monteverdi to Georg Friedrich Haas and a whole bunch of things in between. She's widely recognized for her work in Michael Hirsch's music, and she was praised by the New York Times for her incredible work in the monodrama On the Threshold of Winter. She also has upcoming performances as the title role in Hirsch's Popea and has a highly anticipated recording of Hirsch's The Script of Storms with BBC Symphony Orchestra under the New Focus label. So keep an eye out for that. Or an ear out, you know. <laughs> Ayang is an associate professor in the Vocal Studies Department of the Peabody Conservatory of Music at the Johns Hopkins University. And I am so excited for you to hear this whole Masterclass episode with her. So let's get to it. Here we go. Yay! Ayang, thank you so much for coming on to the Studio Class podcast. You are one of our Masterclass guests, and I am just so thrilled that you are here. I was wondering if you would kick us off and tell us a few things about yourself. Megan, thank you so much for having me. I am really honored. Uh, it means a lot when another singer wants to talk to me about <laughs> musical things, so I appreciate this opportunity to have a nice conversation with you. Uh, my name is Ayung Hong. I uh, am a singer. I was about to say I'm a soprano, and I thought, yes, I am a soprano, but I like to call myself a singer-performer. Uh, I've been performing since professionally since 1996 or so, yeah. and I've been. I'm also a faculty voice faculty member at Peabody Conservatory, and I've been teaching. Oh, since 2000, when I uh, right before I got my master's, but um, uh, I've been teaching at Peabody since 2005. Nice. So, and I have two children. I think yes. part of my life as well. Yes, <laughs> that's my my little bio in a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I love Philip. Your life and that that you bring to yourself as an artist and to to yourself as a teacher to yourself as a as a human in relationship and so that's really why I wanted to have this conversation together so I'm so thrilled uh when I start the podcast I always love to ask this question first which is what is an intention that you're currently keeping for yourself mm. I think it's been it's been several years now that I've been thinking this way, but I don't think I've always thought this way. Uh, I am trying as a musician as well as a teacher um, or an, uh, you know a mentor or a, a, however you see me uh, to make sure I remove I myself yeah. from the the artistic process. Uh, you know, I think it, it it's trouble if I really focus on what I can do, what I, mm. I can add, what I am nervous about, what I need to, uh, so many, so many things that you can fill in. Yeah. Um, even as a teacher, what I can do for the student, I don't think that's quite the way I wish to uh, live life. Instead, what does the student need 
Yeah. What does the student, uh, what are their worries or what are their joys? Mm. Uh, what are their strengths? Uh, what does the composer want from me? Yeah. What does the text, uh, what does the poet want to say? Yeah. You know, this is, these are the questions that I think are more important. And then if I were able to uh, take myself, I'm not trying to say completely remove mm -hmm. myself, but perhaps become much more open. Um, and, and some people don't like the word vessel. I, I am a vessel and, it, you know, and some people want much more, you know, uh, involvement in the process. <laughs> I think that that can be too. I think it's just a different process for everybody. But if I were to, uh, to put too much emphasis on myself, mm -hmm. I believe I would feel more, failure or mm. more concern as uh, for uh, there's a possibility for myself to fail because it is me that needs to be nurtured through this process right right <laughs> um, and, but if i were to keep the focus on someone else yeah i mean how most of us are really good people we want to help other people yeah. I want to help you, composer. I yes. want to make sure I do this right for you. Be, be, you know, part of your sonic world, you know. And right. that applies to, you know, the, the composers that have long passed, you know, Mozart, Bach. Right, right. You need to look at that and not say, what am I going to do with this beautiful lead? You know, yes. I'd rather not, I'd say, okay, Strauss, what do you really want what did what right. did you write on the, the music right. and it's the same thing that i want my students to learn mm -hmm. uh is that it's it, because there i mean there's so many you know anxieties and and um concerns in our our our, our livelihood this yeah is tough being a musician or artist out uh, in current times and so if you believe in the work if you believe yeah. in this project, if you believe in this music, if you believe in this text, if you believe in this musician across from you, yeah, then I think you can do amazing things. Oh, definitely. Thinking, I'm going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes you operate from that place of maybe insecurity or scarcity if you're saying, well, what am I going to do with this thing rather than what are we making happen in this space? I think one of, one of the things that I care a lot about is also audience experience. And I think if I'm saying like, what am I going to put on this audience or give to this audience or whatever, rather than what are we allowing to happen together is changes the whole dynamic, right? Of being in, in that space together and making music and, and <laughs> all of that. So I love that. I'm, I'm curious because you said that you've been feeling like you've, this has been a process over the last few years. And was there anything in particular that really started to open up this line of thinking to you or how, maybe how did that come about? I think having to speak to a, a live composer, mm, a mm -hmm. composer, right? Uh, you know, I've been a musician since very little, I, I mm -hmm. started playing the piano and all of the, the, the pieces that I played, the composers were long gone. And I don't even think I cared to know if I was playing Mozart or Beethoven or Chopin, you know, just yeah. so little, uh, you know, just yeah, yeah. whatever you want me to play, I will play, you know. That yes. <laughs> um, 
And uh, I think the concern, of course, when you're younger, you need to find your passion and say, I love singing. I love this music. I love this song. I love this piece that I'm playing, you know, so on and so forth. And that's fine. None Mm. of this is concrete. It is just an opinion that I have, you know, me being the age that I am (laughs) and all the trials and tribulations I've gone through. This is just my you know my small perspective uh on life and and on music uh but i i once i began to sing more contemporary pieces and then actually having a conversation with a composer it began it became clear to me this is not about me Mm -hmm. about this piece of music yeah, and this beautiful text or lack of text or right. you know, some kind of expression that's coming from somewhere else. Yeah, and the more I uh, thought about what I could do, it actually conflicted technically. Mm. I faced so many. I was feeling so much uh, struggle in here. Yeah, but I'm doing something wrong. And, and you were saying kind of in, in your throat and laryngeal area, that's where yes, you were feeling, it was kind of manifesting there. Absolutely, yeah. because I've, you know, think about it. If you're incre- incredibly happy, excruciatingly upset, <laughs> you know, it all, it goes in here. Yes. <laughs> and I was, this is really serious music I'm singing. I'm going to, no. Yeah. I just become a little bit removed. Yeah. And let it happen. Well, and we have to mix the technique, knowing what your instrument does with being able to convey that emotion. We can't be method. There's just no way because you have to do the, the physical things that your, your instrument does and then provide like kind of the emotional landscape. But you can't be feeling it because that, that changes what your instrument can do and how it can function. Right. Don't you think? Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. You have to, you have a a line that you can't really cross. Right. Right. And if you do, then you know, you have maybe eight bars to get back into. (laughs) 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 Um, But I mean, even, but even going, um, I don't know, maybe this is a little too esoteric and I don't like to be esoteric. I like to be a little bit more, you know, grounded in my uh, in thoughts. But I also believe that we feel somewhere subconsciously, perhaps not everyone, but I know I'm speaking for myself, that we feel that we're not enough. Mm, mm-hmm. so we want to do our best, but even more. We yeah. uh, This is a really funny thing I heard somewhere, and I hope I'm I remember it correctly. Apparently, Coco Chanel had uh, some advice for people. You know, after you get dressed and before you walk out that door, look in the mirror and take a lot of the jewelry off. Yeah, yes, right. It's all off except for one thing. And uh, uh, that's exactly that's not the exact quote, but she said something apparently like that. And I think we tend to do that. We tend right. to. I'm going to do more here. I'm going to do this here. I'm going to feel this here. And, and, and what happens is that we forgot that when someone asked us or when I decided that I wanted to do this piece, mm-hmm. that my voice is unique enough. The breath that I take in goes into a cavity that's completely unique 
yeah. different from another person's cavity. And then Absolutely. the vocal folds that I have, the sound that goes through, the air that goes through and um, resonates, yeah. is completely different from someone else. And so I am enough. And I, yeah, I am unique. enough. Right. I am enough. Yeah. I am unique. And I don't have to put on layers of intelligence, layers of uh, artistry, layers of everything that we feel that we have to put on a piece of music. Right. And it just becomes bogged down um, with too many thoughts, too many <laughs> ideas, too many everything. And so I believe that the, the so that's it became a very important part of my teaching. Why are you so fixated on what um, Joan Sutherland is doing yeah. or Natalie Desai or or Fischer Dieskau or Ellie Ameling, they're beautiful singers, but they are, they are them. Yes. You know, I don't know. I think that I can be very sure that Ellie Ameling was very happy with who she was. Yes. <laughs> and, and we shouldn't, tr we should try to understand her beautiful artistry, but not subconsciously become her. Right. And right. we should just find, discover our own instruments. Right. And accept it. And that's so hard. It does. It's so, so hard. I wonder, you had mentioned about working with composers, and I'm wondering if composers are, are also always thinking about their craft, but fine, you know, kind of unveiling their voice in what they do. Have you felt that with working with composers, that you were also feeling more and more confident in your, your voice, your sound being enough, you know, that what you were finding through that piece is exactly what that piece needed. You know, together you were finding your musical sound world. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I have, I have a very interesting uh, example. Um, yeah. for ex uh, Georg Friedrich Haas and Michael Hirsch have written, um, they have written pieces that did not, you know, the, I, my voice was not in their thought process. When they <laughs> the piece. But I, sang their work and and it worked out beautifully mm. um uh for all of us uh and and so i was very happy that i was able to you know to fill in the the sonic world that they've created yeah and I can just step into it and be a a wonderful collaborator right yeah uh but then they also wrote pieces for my particular my voice and what yeah. the strengths are and the weaknesses they understand and they you know just write for the voice as is you know yeah. so that's yeah. really great it's a, it's it's a i feel very spoiled in that i don't have to think about it i just go but and i and yeah. <laughs> you know it's like yes you wrote it for me so why should i worry right. <laughs> like i will just step right into this <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I literally, I feel so, so spoiled. Uh, but then I recently was asked to uh, sing something that someone had already written and someone else had already um, I, I, it premiered and yeah. the, the pieces uh, out there for others to view. And mm -hmm. they, um, they asked me to sing it. This uh, portion—it's—it's it's a concert version. It's a sort yeah. of extract. Uh, I'm sorry, excerpts uh, of the piece. And then I thought, oh my gosh, uh, I have so many questions. I—I I couldn't believe how many questions I had all of a sudden. Right. It, 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 and then so I said, 
does the composer want this? Does the composer need this? Does the, does the composer know that, that I am a certain type of voice and the, the, the person who sang it is not? We are completely yeah. opposites. Is this okay? I mean, I became this insecure, oh my gosh, they, maybe they don't really want me and they're, they're trying to hire me. Yeah. <laughs> yet I'm still going, mm. <laughs> So they, they uh, the composer yeah. said, just do you. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, yes, it, it's a process, isn't it? It's a, you Absolutely. know, you must. So I think this applies to, you know, whatever, if I were to pick up um, Mozart opera which i probably won't at, at this time of my life but um but if i did i would have to have that conversation right head with mozart mozart what is it you're looking for here and then you find the clues in the score exactly exactly right, right. And the, i always think the score is such an interesting kind of you know love letter back and forth between us of like a, here's this document that i'm presented with and i have to kind of decipher what 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 are we going for together what are we going to do especially if I can't ask the composer then the score is is the only document that allows me well if there have been recordings etc but the score is the most direct document between the composer and myself and I go okay what are we what are we creating here together what are we looking for what what sounds do we want to make and what are we trying to experience through this you know in so interesting. I, I used to have that feeling about handwritten scores where I was like, oh, can't stand a handwritten score. But handwritten scores then become even more of that, that direct connection feeling at a certain time, even when they're difficult to read. <laughs> Very difficult. Well, yes. And, and also I get distracted by the curlicues or the, yeah. uh, the weird, you know, what is, what is this? Is this a blemish? What is, is this an accident or is it really something, you know? It, exactly. Very, you know, there's way, way too much stimulation, but it is, it's fantastic actually. Uh, but I try to look at the, even the new scores, uh, I try to look at it and, and try to, see what you know and listen to all the uh, the composer's music just so that right. i can get a handle on um you know where are we what are yeah. we doing here you know and so uh but it was it was interesting to to have that process of you know something yeah. that's catered to my voice and then it's something that is not catered but yet i have to have that confidence in myself and remember what do i do when I don't have to worry about other voices that are uh, swirling in my head, and it's out of respect, because you know when we do listen to, you know, if I if I were to, I'm not a mezzo, but I absolutely love that recording with Frederica von Strada for uh, you know Marriage of Figaro. Yes. And, and and you and then you go okay, try to take that out of your brain when you listen to Carabino, someone singing Carabino, right? Yeah. yeah. And that, but that preconceived sound is so strong. Uh, and I think that's why um, it, it's it messes with us, and right. we're unable to take remove ourselves from anything. Yeah. Keep comparing um, instead of just listening really, really to what the music right. is saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's so interesting. I'm wondering for you as a teacher, when that that intention kind of comes into your teaching, you're helping your students then process that same thing, which is take information take those things as influences but it doesn't have to become what you do you're helping them understand what the difference is between between being informed by something and mimicking or copying it right is to say you are enough 
your thoughts are enough. You are valuable here in this space. You have something to bring and you can learn from all of this around you. So I think that's so interesting. And one of the things that I really appreciate about your pedagogy then is that ability to help musicians figure out the difference between supposedly taking on what they've heard and doing it exactly like that as the marker of success versus being informed by all of these resources around them and saying, this is how I'm going to bring it. <laughs> you know, to- uh, I, I think it's very difficult. I'm, prob- I'm probably guilty of it myself. If you were to ask me to do something I haven't touched in a long time and uh, I may just by accident slip into one of my favorite recordings you know right. and uh i i we're it's because it's very hard to be honest with ourselves and to accept ourselves and go what what is your sound it, i mean it's just yeah. really really difficult yeah. so i think it's it's a it's a process that one goes through every with every concert that you are about to do you know right, whatever, right. even a song just one mm-hmm. song uh i find that you know I find that really humbling, really, because I thought, oh, I'm very seasoned now. You know, I've been doing this for a very long time. No, I'm really clueless. <laughs> I don't think it goes, I don't think it's that dramatic. I, mean... <laughs> uh, I don't think students like to hear me say, I am, I am clueless. <laughs> I'm being super honest. <laughs> You're just approaching it. I'm wondering, well, I know that you have a few, a few performance, not a few, a bunch of performances, but a few projects coming up that with your kind of longtime collaborator, Michael Hirsch, those that are coming up, I'm wondering if those are a couple of those are some of those extant pieces or are some of those, the ones that were written for your voice. Maybe you could talk a little bit more about those. Yes. uh, After, so the first piece that I premiered for Michael Hirsch was back in 2014. It was uh, the monodrama on the threshold of winter that was not written for me. It was written hoping that he would find a singer to sing it. Yeah. And interestingly enough, it it was a really wonderful uh, coming together moment because uh, he had no idea I was teaching at Peabody. He had no idea I went to Peabody and uh, I knew him, but I didn't know anything about his music. And anyway, but it's, it felt as if it was written for me. And he said, yeah, this is the voice that I hear when I uh, hear this opera in my head. So, uh, and when I uh, looked at the score and went through it for the first time, I thought, wow, if I could, if I could write music, I would want to write like this. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't blissful from the beginning. It was really hard. It was very yeah. difficult. So from then on, uh, I readjusted my technique, my thinking, a lot of it. I went through a mass, massive transformation on what I thought one should do with technique oh. and what I should do with music and how I, you know, so the, the transition of let's, let's focus on the score. Of course, yeah. every beautiful musician out there will say, of course, we look, focus on the score, but yeah. I really, really focused on the score, yes. not really thinking about what I had to do because I had, I really needed to be absolutely almost unemotional, just yeah. so I could really figure out what is this person trying to say. 
Yeah. Um, but so from then on, after that, all the pieces that I've uh, premiered, and there are so many, I've lost count now. Yeah. Um, it's been uh, one or two every year since then. Wow. And so yes, all of the pieces that have been written um, for voice have been for me. Uh, he is, yes, he, he, there is another piece that someone else is premiering in, okay. in uh, Germany, but um, uh, I, I just can't do it because I have other things here, yes. <laughs> which is a wonderful thing uh, for the composer. If you know, your, your, your go to mm. soprano can't do it because you know, it, so it's, it's a good sign from all of us actually. Right. Um, so that, that's fantastic. Uh, so anything that I do of his from now on, it's just, it's been, you know, you know, the, the dress that you would get made by, uh, Oh yeah. It's tailor made for you. It feels like, and, and when you have that kind of relationship with a composer that they know your voice so well, and you were mentioning this earlier, it just kind of feels like, well, of course, that's exactly how I would do this. I would just sing it like that. <laughs> it makes you very confident. Yeah. And that's the, the another thing that I'm actually, I'd love to, I'm going to, I'm sure, uh, touch upon at some yeah. point or another, but um we lack confidence all the time. We have to mm. pretend that we're confident, but we, I, mean, I feel confident. I feel confident that I will make the right sounds because yes. it's the only sound I know how to make right now, you know? <laughs> um, and if, you know, something drastic happens, they'll let you know, which is yeah. the most amazing thing is that, it, you know, could you yeah. try and I, yes, of course, you know, this yeah. trusting relationship. But I think we can find that trusting relationship with any music that, you know, even, if you cannot speak to, um, I can't, I'm not going to call Kurtak and ask him, can, can we talk about this? You know, I, I'm not going to do <laughs> no. that. No. Listen, probably. But I, do, <laughs> I get enough people who have worked with him, you know, to get an idea. And I am going to have that conversation. What would you like, Kurtak? But I just yeah. have the score, you know, yeah. as much as I can, as much. As, and maybe I will totally miss the mark, but at least I try. Absolutely. Time, you know, yeah. And it's time. a process every year we, we learn more. And so every time we approach a score, we're bringing all of this that we've learned to that moment, to that moment. So even if you're, I think anyone who's listening, who's earlier in their journey, don't worry that you ha haven't built decades of that knowledge yet. You're still, you're still doing the same thing. You're still coming to the score, bringing everything that you know about it at this point, learning what you can keep going, you know, keep trying things. So I wonder, Ayung, would you talk to me a little bit about a technical skill? We've talked a little bit about technique, but like, would you tell me a technical skill that you love to teach? This can be anything. And obviously everybody talks about technique in, in a specific way. So don't worry. This is just for you. This is just yours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the first thing that I will say, well, actually, people have asked me, would you be interested in writing a, a book for technique? Mm -hmm. And I said, no, never. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I want that book. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it's really about making sure that uh, what I say is is making sense for this particular person. Right, right. And maybe there are a lot of people who think this way, or a lot mm -hmm. of people think that way. Um, and maybe you can, you know, take it or leave it, that kind of thing. And we try to say that to our students, really mm -hmm. take it with a grain of salt, because maybe your coach will say something different, or maybe, you know, someone else will. And so we take all of the things into consideration. Um, this is, I think, will that this can apply to everyone. 
I believe that we are conditioned to look at music in a very visual way. So we see little, um, uh, we call them little uh, sprouts, you know, the, the, <laughs> with the head and the tail, little sprouts everywhere, and or you know, and or lollipops, whatever you want to think. But they're like they go up and they go down. And we tend to go, the little dots that, you know, bounce up and down on the words and you go, oh, I'm going to sing this song now. <laughs> I think that's very, we're very visual. Yeah. And I'm trying to take that element away by mm. saying it just, the breath goes in yeah. <laughs> and the sound comes out. Yes. So your notes must not go, it, it, must, yeah. it just goes out. Yes. So yeah. your notes don't look like the, it's just like that because they were trying to indicate where, where what pitch we're supposed to sing, how long oh. we sing and you know, where we go from that, you know, what interval are we singing next? But it really take that element away and, and just trust how it goes. Of course, in the beginning you have to, you know, put the music into your body, you know, just, right. really just hitting the piano or whatever you'd yeah. like to do and learn it. But then once you learn it, you have to just trust that this miracle of it, what, what singing is, is really a miracle. There are no keys to push. Yes. There is no fret to find. There yeah. is no, uh, you know, there's nothing <laughs> like that. You just have to go bah, and you sing. Right, right. It's, it has to be, we're not going up the scale. We're just going out the scale. Yes. We're not going down the scale. We're just going out the scale. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know? Well, and do you find that you, you see so many of, especially in the classical tradition, because we've become much more reading focused over time, right? Sure. That as opposed to other traditions and music, you know, that are maybe more aural in general, that especially in this tradition where it's like so visual that we're, we're connecting that to the physical and moving our, moving our heads or moving our bodies in the direction of the notes that you would see on the page. Is that, yeah. It's too, it's too, it's too much. It's too, mm -hmm. you're, you're, uh, so then that, um, your onsets are, you know, strained, you, you yeah. don't breathe quite right. Uh, and breath is a major factor in this because if you don't consistently, um, have breath support or allow the breath to freely move through these notes without right. stopping because you want to make sure you got the right notes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's so it's breath and not being caged inside of what the notes are doing. Right. How fast they're going. I mean, if you really look at all your sixteenth notes for you know coloratura runs, that's pretty um, scary. There's yeah. a lot of notes on, in that bar and. Yeah. And you can't be, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work. You have to go breath in and out, out. Yes. All yeah. done. You know, yeah. and so that's a main thing. And then that has to be channeled. The breath, confident breath, relaxed, efficient breath, maintaining breath, making sure you're confident about where you're going instead of thinking up and down. And then making sure that it's going funneling through the, the vowels. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Can you talk vowels. about that for a minute? Because I just, I really love talking about vowels. <laughs> vowels are not what you think they are. <laughs> what <do> people say. <laughs> you might yes. think you're singing an ah vowel, but it's not coming out as an ah vowel. Why? 
because we are insecure. Yes, yes. So we've decided, oh no, it has to go through our nasopharynx. It's not in my mask. I better put that there. And then somehow, yeah. somehow we're contorting ourselves to make sure it's there. And that's not an ah valve. No, it's not. <laughs> but if you were to go breath in, I mean, of course, this is not something that I would uh, very casually talk about with somebody who just started singing. Of course, of course. Yeah, but uh, but it's it, if if you've had technique for several years, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, we we do everything and anything to make sure that um, we are. We have chiaroscuro, and and if our teacher teacher will know if it's not chiaroscuro, and and so I'm going, you know, and it's yeah. completely flawed because I've I've sacrificed everything for that chiaroscuro. Right. There is no sacrifice. There is no oh bargaining. Mm -hmm. There is no it. If it's done correctly, everything is balanced. Yeah. And it's all there. Yeah. Modification is fine for vowels mm -hmm. as long as you're not, you can modify unhinging the jaw and making sure that the vowel has that, you know, space that it needs. Yeah. Not over, uh, gosh, there's not over, not under, just right. 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 Like, right. Just right means you're confident and you feel comfortable. Yep, exactly. Really interesting, right? Because well, and then feeling that like the difference between for myself as a younger singer to to understanding my voice better in whatever part I'm in now is like is under just remembering what it felt like to have the tension of trying to create a sound that was suddenly not there once I really understood vowel shapes and being able to sing in that with the resonance of those vowels. And I was like, oh, this is what I've been trying to get at that whole time. And just, oh my gosh, remembering what it felt like to have that feel so, so tight or trying and pushing. And that, like you said, that overdoing of something when what I didn't really understand was the shape in the first place. You know, I was like, oh, Absolutely. It was just that. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's fascinating. And, and, and I didn't understand. I mean, I, I understood to a certain um, sort of superficial, superficial way that I know singing in a certain language is different from the actual diction right. of the language when you're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially because, you know, we, we know that our voices uh, go up and then it falls. It goes yeah. up and it falls. And the falling is the unaccented syllables, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it goes into vocal fry and boy, I didn't know that I was doing that until, you know, and then subconsciously, if it's, if it's English that we're singing in or mm -hmm. a language that we're very, very comfortable speaking, yeah. then we'll do the fall and rise, fall and rise, pull back, pull mm -hmm. back because right. we know the language. Mm -hmm. and it's all subconscious, but that's, you know, of course we can point that out when we're speaking, but we don't really point that out when we're singing, but mm -hmm. we be really mindful of that, that vowel, what you thought was correct. Um, water is yeah. not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But even though you're, you're being very careful not to sing it that way, somewhere in our subconscious remembers that. It means, remember, you've been talking since you were, you know, if you were some brilliant Baby, maybe you were earlier than one. I was a little slow, so I probably two. Let's say two um, or one. You've been speaking since mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. You've been speaking in this area. 
which is yeah. what makes sense. And all, uh, you know, classical singers do something else and it's right. taller. We don't do that. We go we right. fall back to what we know as a human being for however many years you've lived. Right, right. At least 17 years, right? Yep. For people who are really venturing into classical technique. But so can, can you imagine all the habits that we have to slightly tweak to get somewhere else. So those vowels are, they have I, memories. Yes, they do. They have memories. Vowels have memories. <laughs> and I, I think that's- right. I speak as if, oh, vowels. No, I'm, what vowel is that? Right. <laughs> you know, I say this to myself every day. So- Well, and that's that's what we do is kind of keep showing up to the practice room, showing up to our to ourselves each day and saying, Absolutely. is this, is this the sound? Does it feel the like? Does it feel good to make this sound? And is it clear? Right. These are the things. Feel good. <laughs> right. It's like that's what I want. That's what I'm going for. But you have to ask yourself because sometimes, even if you feel very confident with with the way that you're making a sound, you need to check back in and say, like, does this still feel good? Is this good? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and that's part of the work, right? Is just making sure that you're checking in and saying, like, am I am I getting as close as possible to this thing of like, this feels good and it's clear. That's the ideal is that they're both of those and you feel very good in that, in that space, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing when all of the, the elements of vocal technique come into play uh, through the words that have been given to you, through the notes that have been given to you to sing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, as if all the stars and the planets have lined up and you go, Boom! Yes. Like, okay, now we just have to do that again. And again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so we, just, we are human. It's not yes. going to be perfect every time. So. No, no. <laughs> well, in a, in a somewhat of a segue, because we were talking about technique, but then I also think about kind of our careers, our the business side of our lives. And one of the things that I talk a lot about in this space or when I'm writing is what I call micro actions is like really breaking something down. Mm. And whenever I talk about this, I always use kind of like the same example, which is a micro action is breaking it down to its smallest unit. So it's not write the grant, right? Because grants have many, many parts, but it's really just breaking it down and saying, I'm going to do the expenses for the budget, that kind of thing. Mm. When you're thinking about micro actions and thinking about your career, would you share a micro action that you felt has kind of helped you move along something that you've kept with you and you do kind of regularly. Mm. Uh, so when you talked about the budget and the finance, that's probably the last thing I've done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I now I'm going to go hmm, note to self, go back and do <laughs> think about that a little bit more. Um, I am notorious for uh, being really behaving like a starving artist. I, yeah, I, people I know I do have a teaching position, but that goes fast, people. It's really <laughs> not enough. And, uh, you know, you have two children and a dog and a house and, you know, so, uh, but um, I, I've always sacrificed. I, you know, I don't do it for money. We, we can't because then yeah. it would be really hard. Um, 
So sometimes, you know, I remember putting off a bill because I really wanted to do this, you know, this or that as for art's sake, right? Yeah. Um, so yes, I, I, I encourage everyone to be more mindful and more responsible <laughs> and don't be like me. Uh, <laughs> um, but I did have to look up microaction because I, I kind of thought I knew what it meant and, but yeah. I really wanted to. So uh, for me, being a uh where I, you could say that i am I have a successful uh career uh i don't know what that means but uh i know that i am able to continue with music every day right. and make a living um, yeah and i'm very happy that i can do yeah. that and especially doing the things that i love so much but i do believe that some of the things that I've, that I, I try to go back and think, what have I done consistently that, yeah. have, you know, what are the things that have worked for me? Mm -hmm. and they're actually really, really silly. And, um, but I, I think they're profound because I don't think I see people doing this all the time. I don't, it's, this one is a, is a real no brainer being grateful. Yes, absolutely. People don't say thank you people don't really appreciate what has been done or mm -hmm. how we've all come to this point to do this project together right. or the, 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 the people that are dealing with the lights or the people who had to clean up the stage afterwards or yeah. the people who, you know, do really, really horrible things like, you know, finance budget things, <laughs> go, ah, you know, they're everywhere. Right. And I don't say, I don't think we are very we are very grateful for our uh, conductors and mm -hmm. our stage directors and my pianist. Oh, I'm so grateful. Of course, of course, that's a given. But we're mm -hmm. talking about gratitude everywhere. Everywhere. Um, everywhere. I'm thankful yeah. for my students. Thank you yeah. for suggesting that. Thank you yeah. for telling me that. Thank you for you know so many things, right? Right. Uh, but I, I believe, and, and gosh, when I'm driving, no one says thank you when you let them in. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> so I feel that in general, we can be, you know, just really profoundly grateful. Uh, I, I don't think we are thankful enough. I, I think if anything, and, and I'm guilty of it too, uh, we complain and we feel we have been um, cheated, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, if I think that if we're much more positive about the things that we have or the things people have done to make this work um i that goes a long way and it, it really shows, does and people remember that you know yeah yeah um, yeah you know i, I love that was a lot, yeah absolutely uh, i say hello and 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 i i don't say thank you but i say hello with gratitude mm -hmm. for somebody who is you know mopping the floors at peabody mm -hmm. i say hello to somebody who had to fix my lock um and it's thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> you know, but it's it makes so many so many people make up for this one little thing to work, you know. Mm -hmm. So right. that is something it um so it's nothing really major. I don't know if it will help your career, but it can't hurt. I it. absolutely <laughs> think it does. <laughs> but a uh, young I I think that also ties back to what you were saying your intention is is like you have to take yourself out of it sometimes to be able to recognize I think so. that we're so interconnected yeah. and that I can't 
possibly do any of the things that I'm doing without you also being here and, and giving of yourself in this way. And wow, thank you. <laughs> you know, right. that, that's Absolutely. so important. Yeah. Hey there, divas. Real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode. Do you love Studio Class? You can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash mezzoenen, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes, you can make listener requests, and for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? Here's your chance. As a Masterclass Scholar, you're invited to the recording of the Masterclass episodes and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive Q&A after the taping. So come on over, check it out, patreon.com slash mezzoenen. And now we're back to the episode. Absolutely. And, and, and so then if you're going to be grateful, you're, you know you're focusing your attention to that person. And, and this is something that hap- should happen to us as an audience member, uh, us uh, it, by ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, us with another human being, us with a, a, an audience. Mm-hmm. Is, are you mm-hmm. actively listening? Yes. I'm afraid I have failed on that. <laughs> I am trying, but I do know that I have, that is something that I try and I, yeah. I do it consistently with people. Mm-hmm. Um, are you listening to what the conductor really said to you? Really? Sometimes mm-hmm. we do and sometimes we don't, you know, mm-hmm. have you really, really listened to it and then t- took it in and, and really giving it back? Mm-hmm. Are you listening to your chamber group mm-hmm. you listen to what they're doing because yeah. it's exciting and you can respond to that yes yeah and, and this is the scary one are you listening when it's silent you know yeah have you been in a room that's silent and it's really un- uncomfortable people put their tvs on or people put a podcast on people put their radio on my radio is broken i can't do anything about it <laughs> oh my god i listen I listen, I've listened to everything. And then all of a sudden it's quiet. So what do you listen to? Mm-hmm. You listen mm-hmm. to your fears. You listen mm-hmm. to your demons. You listen mm-hmm. to your hopes, your dreams. You know, you listen to that voice that really rarely gets to speak. Right, right. So this is the kind of listening I don't, I don't think people really stop to listen to someone. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Fine. Yeah. Fine. Okay, well, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly, it, because that surface, and I think what you were saying is that we're not looking at each other, we're not, we're not appreciating, and also, I was wondering if you feel, so you had mentioned earlier about us bringing our insecurities to this, and we're feeling so insecure, and that I, I would imagine that really is something that's clouding us from listening to each other is that sense of having to prove too, is like, well, I, I find this in rehearsals sometimes with, with when you're working with someone, if they're, they're stuck in, in whatever they're experiencing and you're saying, well, let's play this, let's play together in this and kind of listen to each other and see where we can go with it. But they're like, well, I'm feeling oh, my sound isn't the way that I want it to be. I'm, oh, I missed that entrance or something like that. And they're really stuck in whatever it is that they're doing with their insecurities piling up that 
they're not able to listen outside of that. They're only hearing the insecurities rather than saying like, I'm going to set these aside and be very open to everything around me. Very vulnerable, I think. I think so too. I, I think so too. You get, you, you learn a lot from, uh, you know, when, when you work with a lot of people, you know, I think that's why chamber music is so fun uh, because yeah. you get to have a conversation uh, with one another um, and it, it, your listening skills have to really be honed. Uh, and I like honing that skill because <laughs> I can always do better. Um, you know, as a teacher, I tend to listen more than, you know, uh, maybe the students listen too because I have to tell them how to sing. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, you know, but we, we try to listen to each other. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I do, there, there are so many things people are saying uh, in subtext. Mm -hmm. So um, it's hard. It's, I, I think it, too many things get in the way and mm -hmm. you're absolutely right to, to bring our earlier conversation um, of, you know, trying to remove ourselves just a little bit so that something else can be mm -hmm. in the spotlight. Um, that'll help. I think if all of us did that, we, we'd probably, um, maybe wouldn't have so many wars. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, uh, I do believe that uh, it's helpful to, but it, it, we, are, we are insecure. We, are, we have a lot of things going on in our brains that prevent us from really stopping to, to listen to someone. So it, it really freaks me out when, you know, we were, you know, we had, we had gone to a concert. Oh, it was wonderful, wonderful. Oh my goodness, that was great. I loved it so much. And then we're going in, somebody just said, hi, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm good. And no, really, how are you? Yeah. And I was in shock and I wanted to cry. I really am not. It was amazing. And I couldn't believe that. And I and actually, and I looked at them and I said, me? You're, you're asking me? Are you asking me? Are you asking them? You know, and yeah. it was the most profound thing. I mean, it's it, it heals. It heals. It does. Super, super healing. And... I mean, what can happen if we all did that in on stage? We did that mm -hmm. with our audience. We did that mm -hmm. with ourselves. Um, I know for a fact that when I listen to my teacher or when I listen to my uh, conductor, my pianist, I know things will go swimmingly well. Yeah. And yeah. Then remember, and you get rehired because mm -hmm. that person listened. Right. So right. Yeah. Just for that, if you want to get rehired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, we all want to get rehired. We all want to live better lives. <laughs> well, there, that's a little bit of a, <laughs> yeah, true. It's it's so like, true. You know, right. Yeah. Don't you really connect with somebody who's really listening to you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's also what you were saying about just being present for the people that you're, that you're making music with and, and even anybody who's in that space, right. That you are working together with is take that extra moment to say like, how are you? Let's, let's have this bond together here. That's not going to happen with everybody that you work with. It's okay. You know, sometimes personalities are not the right matches for each other, but the people that you can do that with take that extra moment, not just to be like, oh, here we are together doing this thing. Please ask me about me. Right. But saying like, 
yeah. Hi, I'm going to relate to you as a human here. Like, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for doing this. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes a long way. Just being emotionally, you know, uh, in a, in a, a better place makes you sing better, makes you play better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but, but then going beyond just the, this uh, human relation is, you know, if someone said, Oh, I, I really like it when, if we were to do this in this particular movement or whatever, yeah. and, you know, perhaps, you may not have been able to produce that right away, which I, I encourage people to be very flexible and try to create that right. ha magic happen right there. And then and yeah. then someone says, can you really lengthen this and don't breathe there? Really lengthen this and don't breathe there. Right. <laughs> um, but if you can't, I understand. But, you know, the conductors love it when you can just fix it right away. Right. So, right. They are so they don't have time. So and you oh. know, if you're going to do an oratory or a concert work, you have maybe one rehearsal and then you do the concert so you better really do what they want and so there's not enough but that's just listening you go mm, you want that i do you know it's yep. as simple yep. as that but it's of course it's very difficult but because you have to be not you have to train yourself to be very very malleable but um you know i remember in specific rehearsals where the um instrumentalists or whoever I want to do this or that. And then, and it was at that time, I couldn't give it to them. And I said, we'll work on it. I'll work on yeah. it. And we have many rehearsals. So yeah. we have the luxury to do that. The next time I saw them, it ha and they said, yeah. what? You really took me seriously. Yeah. Why would I not? Wait, you're like, you asked. I want, yes, I want to try it. <laughs> Absolutely. But people are amazed mm -hmm. by the mm -hmm. simplest things. Yeah. You yeah. know, because maybe it's not happening. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. So. Well, and I love what you said. I think one of my favorite practice techniques, especially in chamber music, if you're working together this way, is if somebody in the group says, can we try it this way? Go ahead and try it. You know, you're not going to waste anything by being like, oh, well, I, I don't know. I can't. And my like, technique and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, just go, okay, let's give it a try. And like, sometimes it's, it opens the door to something else. Or sometimes you're like, that's good to know and move on from there. But if, if someone in your group says, can we try something here? Try it, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, no, it, it makes, again, the, the insecurity comes into play when you've never done it that way. And you think that it might expose your insecurities or your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're all, we have, we all have weaknesses. We all have this or that. And uh, you know, you can't get better until you expose them and right. you know you know when people are so afraid to make a mistake they're making mistakes yes <laughs> been there yeah i'm going to be tight right now just so that i can get through this because i feel very insecure about you know this phrase um <laughs> yeah and i say why not in your practice time or in a rehearsal make be daring and do it the way you think it's supposed to be done, but you think you're going to crack, but, or you're going to do something strange pitch or whatever. Yeah. Just try it. Just try it. Yeah. And, and go and be, be uh, unbiased about it. And then uh, just be very logical and go, wow, I made some, some really horrendous sounds. Why did I make that sound? <laughs> because I didn't support. Because if you're so emotional about how much you made a mistake or how mm -hmm. you did this, you made a really terrible sound or whatever you will not ever progress, you know? Right, right, right. Yes. So you can't go anywhere if you're not giving yourself any room. <laughs> awful. We're so mean to ourselves. <laughs> we are. <laughs> no, no. Must be perfect now. 
Right, right. Go tight instead. <laughs> get through it as much as you can. Just get through it. It's terrible. It's, it's. <gasps> so, yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, I definitely resonate with so much of what you're saying and yeah, yeah, right. We've all been there. We all catch ourselves doing it, you know, and you get into a new situation where you really want to make sure that you're doing things right. And you'll catch yourself doing it and you got to go, okay, nope, let it go. I'm open. I'm ready. I'm ready to try things. Here we go. Like (laughs) speaking of trying things, Yes. I love to talk about repertoire. We don't have to go, you know, on and on because I'm sure I, we could talk about repertoire all day long. But I want to know, you know, what's on your repertoire wish list. You can also talk about, you know, any of your projects that are coming up. If you, you know, just just kind of let me know what you're thinking and and just like anything that's kind of repertoire in your life. So, uh, uh, you know, people. I also ask these questions. What is your favorite symphony? What is your favorite, what is your favorite uh, performance? You know, what what is the best experience that you've had? You know, which which ensemble were you the most you know, excited about? You know, all the things. <laughs> I, I get very excited about those questions too. Uh, but I honest, I'll be very honest with you. Whatever piece that I'm working on yeah. is the most important piece. I love that. Yeah, it has to be. Because yeah, you are. You've decided to take on a project, mm-hmm. decided that you want to be responsible for it. Yeah. And so then once you've co- made that commitment, you have to deliver it as if it is the most important piece of music mm-hmm. on earth mm-hmm. now and in the future. You know, yes. so, then, I know. so that's how I feel. That's, that yeah. is the, so if anyone asks me to do something and if I say yes, it's because I'm willing to give you my absolute entire being, yeah. my brain, my emotions, my everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so some people say you, you need to chill out on that because you're going to get hurt. You're going to be disappointed. You know, it's like, no, so far, so, so good. So far, so yeah. good. Because I won't take every concert, you know. Right. Um, right. And, I, and I do that not because I think the piece is not worthy of me. No, I don't <laughs> think that at all. Will I be able to? Right. If I don't feel like I can do it, then, and that was a situation for uh, Babbitt's Philomels, you know, networked for new music, uh, contacted me and said, we would like, would you be interested in singing uh, Babbitt's Philomel? Yeah. And I said, no, (laughs) absolutely no. (laughs) You're the wrong person. (laughs) I don't do that. I can't do that. (laughs) You know, it has to have some kind of a tonality. I'm sorry. No. I don't know. I don't believe this for a minute. <laughs> and and they said, will you consider it? And I said, no, I really don't. But I said, I it's we want you to take a look at it. Just just live yeah. with it for a little bit. And yeah. here is the text. Darn that text! It's so good, right? That's that's how they get you. <laughs> I, I, and and I went to Phyllis Brynjolfsson and I said, can I do this? It is the hardest thing you'll ever do. And it's like. Oh my God. Well, you know, maybe that put a little bit of fire underneath my bum because I, yeah. if it's the hardest thing I want to try. Yeah. I want to try. Yeah. And that's because I'm crazy. Yeah. You know, let's do the no. hardest thing on earth. I, there are other things that have now become the harder things, the right. hardest thing on earth. They're, everything is hard now. You know, you say, everything is hard. <laughs> you want me to sing happy birthday? That's really hard. It's very, 
<laughs> it is the most out of out of tune singing. That song has been so out of tune. We don't even know what pitch is supposed to be. <laughs> it's true. So yeah, everything. <sighs> but I I gave it a go. I said, yeah. and so I learned so much from it. Um, but so every single. But when I said I, I will do it, I gave it all. Yes. Every ounce of energy, blood, tears, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so my feeling is that every concert, every piece of music, every song is the most important song because of how I treat it, okay? How right. I want to look at it. Right. But hindsight, it is the uh, the recording, the script of Storms. And yeah. um, it's, the script of Storms was written for me uh, and... Uh, it was written for voice and orchestra and mm. and I will quickly go through this uh, because I think it's really important the the person who the, the the writer for the text has passed away his name is Fazi Karim he's a beautiful writer was a beautiful uh, painter mm. he grew up in Baghdad and experienced friends and family getting killed. Mm -hmm. It was around and around that time of Saddam Hussein and all the, um, the hardships, the, yeah. the pain, the, mm -hmm. the things that we, we don't know anything about in person. Mm -hmm. We hear about it, we read about it, we watch it on the news, but we don't, experience it ourselves mm -hmm. that this person has and they had to move away from uh, uh, Baghdad and in he had to relocate in London wow I met Fozzy uh, when I was singing a memorial concert for Christopher Middleton who is another poet and they were friends yeah Christopher Middleton um, is a source of in great inspiration for Michael Hirsch. So yeah. uh, he's written pieces that coexist with his poetry, the uh, Vanishing Pavilions, the piano work that coexists yeah. with his poetry. Wow. And when he passed away, they the family asked something from Michael because yeah. he was very close to Christopher Milton. So at that, I sang a new piece. At that time, the piece was for only voice and horn. So uh -huh. it's very, very portable, uh, yeah. right? Right. So, but then that actual piece became voice and ensemble. Wow. So same vo vocal line and, and text, but it became much more fleshed out, right? Right, right. So that is the, uh, the other piece, uh, Cortex and Ankle, uh, with voice for me, with me and ensemble Clang, and that's mm -hmm. on the recording. Yeah. But because of the memorial... I met Fazi Karim. Yeah. So Fazi Karim came over to me and he said, I, do, I don't, I speak English, but sometimes it's, you know, difficult to understand, but I got your message. And, mm. you know, he put his hands on my face and he said, I got your message. I got mm. the music. I got everything. And um, uh, because of the generosity of his culture, you know, please eat with me, have a meal yeah. with me. So Michael Hirsch and myself had uh, a shared several meals. Yeah. He said, I, so we've had correspondences, uh, we had correspondences, and he said, I want to hear you sing my text, my poetry. Yeah. And I said, 
I do too. I don't know how to just phonate them right now. <laughs> I, I, I don't want know how. I'm just not that imaginative. And I just, I was like, okay, I, yes, I'm sure Michael will write something. Yes. Michael did. Yeah. He wrote a piece for voice and orchestra. It was supposed to be done with the BSO in Baltimore. Yes. For some complicated reasons, it was never done. And then Fozzie passed away. Mm, oh. And then BBC Symphony Orchestra picked it up. <laughs> oh. So we went all around trying to get this done for Fozzie, but then it ended up right being in his backyard. Right. And so this recording has the script of Storms, the actual mm. performance with BBC Symphony Orchestra, his family, and his brother, who looks exactly like him. I was in shock. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they yeah. don't have much alike. And I just went, oh, my God, it's Fozzie come back to life. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He goes, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. And I went, oh. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then the other recording is of me uh, performing with Ensemble Klang. Amazing. So do you, okay, look, look yeah. at I'm Korean American. I was born in Seoul. I studied here. I was told never to sing, but I did it anyway. <laughs> um, well, that person was clearly wrong. <laughs> there were so many people who told me. No. Oh. <laughs> okay, that, that's another story, right? Um, and here's Fozzie having the, the most, a life that I would never know and I want to hear about it all the time so that I am, grateful and I am I don't want any of that kind of hardship on anyone and so that we can be better human beings for each other yeah him from Baghdad to England meeting at a funeral I mean this is this is why music and and art are so important because it brings unlikely folks from very far parts of the world together right right and why why else would you do art? Right. <laughs> Definitely not for money. <laughs> I will say that again. <laughs> oh, but it's so true. It's isn't that amazing? It's the people that we come into contact with through doing this. And you're like, my life would just not even be this without without having music as being one of the drivers, like that that put me here. And I got to have this incredible life experience and meet this person and share these moments together. It's incredible. I'm, oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful project. It, and, but life, lifetimes shared together through your art this way that continues past, past anything you'll ever be able to do together. It still continues. You know? Absolutely. And, and, you know, um, you know, I'll be the first one to admit I started singing because it made me feel better. It yeah. made me feel wonderful inside. And so it was about fulfilling me, 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 yeah. me, me. And, um, and that's okay. Cause you have to start somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and however you get started, you know, other people are much more noble. I started because I want to do something for the, lo- the world. You know, it's fantastic. I didn't know that until way, way, way past adult, you know, you know, when you become officially adult, I mean, it's just unbelievable how people are so, um socially uh aware um mm-hmm. politically aware socially aware there i mean i'm just uh blown away by so many intelligent musicians out there artists out there mm-hmm. um but uh, but this is i i believe that we're not just in this as entertainers you know yeah. we're not 
just entertainment for when you come home and you want to put some really lovely you can't do that with uh, our music anyway <laughs> let me just uh chill out to some kafka fragments over here <laughs> well you know i don't listen to kafka fragments i would be oh my god i have to practice um, no i listen to things that i don't know how to do which is like jazz or yes you know, music or something i don't know how to do but um yeah it, it, but it's uh we're not just entertainers i think i really do believe and maybe i'm putting too much um importance to i, I don't think i am but i i think it's um it's a way of communication isn't it what you yeah. want to do, Megan, is you want to, I mean, you, you are doing it. You listen, you communicate, and you sh you share. You yeah. share this really beautiful thing. But it reaches so many different people in so many different ways. And somehow you've connected everybody. And that's, I think, <laughs> we as human beings have to do more of that for right. the, the world's sake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I believe that well, if nothing else. <laughs> I, I think about a performance that I saw of yours that I think you did a candlelit at a church oh, yes. in like northern Baltimore that I saw years ago. And I think about all the time, just rent free in my brain. Like I love that whole that whole performance. But that's I'm hoping that sharing that with you is is just an example of the fact that you clearly do give your mind, your voice, your emotions, your your soul to each one of these performances. And it does, it sticks with people. It stays with you. It stays with me. I've, I think about that performance all the time and think about like, oh, that was just kind of soul affirming, life-giving in a, in a way that I was like, oh, music can be like that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. right. Absolutely. Music can be like that. And, and you know, um, the, and it, 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 that particular concert is so, I mean, it, there's a lot behind that. And, and I, I, I believe that I love music that just you go, oh, I'm just being transcended to somewhere else that I didn't know that was possible with piece of music that pretty much existed for a very, very long time, right. long, long time that we've all, we don't really know how, you know, much about it, you know, yeah. as much yeah. as we know about, you know, um, today's music, you know, right, right. Uh, but uh, I also believe that, um, you know, there are performances or music out there that are uh, so uncomfortable and so it jars you. Um, I went to, a, um, it's, this is not my performance, I went to a violin concerto premiere, Michael Hirsch's violin concerto premiere yeah. by Patricia Kopachinskaya and yeah. um, St. Paul Chamber Orchestra. Yeah. So I was at, uh, I was so excited because I was finally, I get to just relax. I get to go to a concert and go, wow, you know, yeah. have a glass of wine and I don't have to worry. <laughs> So it was a really wonderful treat. Uh, yeah. And I'm at the bar um, before I go to the concert and I'm having a glass of wine and, and someone said, are you going to the concert? And, and I said, yes, I am. Yeah. I'm so excited that they were interested that I was going to the concert. And they said, oh, it's a fantastic concert, except for the experimental piece. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> and I said, you mean uh, the, the new, new piece by Michael Hirsch? And he said, whatever. And I went, oh, whatever. Whatever. And and he said, Yeah, I hated that piece. And I said, 
why do you hate it so much? And it just made me so agitated. I was so angry. And I just want to go to a concert and enjoy and just kind of be lulled into sleep. And I went, but that's a, that's a really specific emotion. And that yeah. I went through something that was very uh, uncomfortable. And he goes, yeah, but I don't care. The uh, the was great and the heaven <laughs> was phenomenal. But that experiment, no, I could, I, they should have just not done it or something like that. Right. You're, you're so passionate. You're passionate at describing it. Yeah. And I think he got mad because I kept going back to that instead of the Haydn and the Beethoven. And, yeah. and he, he wanted to talk about Patricia Kapetinskaya, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know she's phenomenal. I know she is. Yeah. <laughs> the experimental piece, you know, I'd like to continue talking. And he got mad. He slammed his hand down on the bar. Oh my God. If I'm having a terrible day, I can recall on that concert and relate to it, but I don't want to have a bad day. And, and I want to go to a concert and feel good. Wow. I understand you, sir. And I basically down the wine, paid my <laughs> But then it, it, it made me think about it. Right, right. He was feeling the right emotions. He certainly took away the emotions intended. He just was not ready. He was not wanting that particular experience. <laughs> exactly. But it's an experience. Yes. Yeah. And I think that people get so upset when an experience is unexpected. Right. And, you know, they, they just want to you know and that's okay that's absolutely I, I, okay I will go to I will watch a com- comedy uh, yeah. movie because I want to just laugh you know right or, right oh, a romantic movie because I want to fall in love or I want right. to feel oh sentimental yes but some most of the time I'm going to watch a war movie yeah going to watch a movie about something that's so heartbreaking because I want to feel human and I want to feel empathy and I want to connect with somebody who is suffering. Not everyone wants to do this and that's okay. Yeah. But that's, I think that's the the meaning behind all this different kinds of music that's out there. Well, and I wish that, that audiences had more space in their life to engage with all of those feelings and experiences and, and not, not necessarily only need lull as the, as the primary experience from, from music or art. They're saying like, I just want, and it's, it's more than valid to need to be soothed from time to time. And like, that's important. And also I want that, that, I think that's always my wish is I want them to have I want them to have more space. So that's not the only thing that they need from music is to be soothed. And I want, you know, I, that would be my hope. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's like someone saying, I don't want to watch the news. I'm sorry. I don't want to watch this, or I don't want to know about this. I don't want to hear about Nanking. I don't want to hear about World War II. I don't want to hear about Holocaust. It's all very upsetting. Yeah. It's upsetting. Yes. We need to be upset and, you know, we need to uh, take it all in and go, how can we not let this happen again? Right, you know, right. How can we improve our, our, our community? How can we com- uh, improve my relationship with another human being? You know, how can I be a nicer person on the highway? You know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just empathy. Um, so I believe that we have a, a responsibility. Once you're born, you have a responsibility to life. <laughs> I want to laugh all the time. Right. I want to 
be, I don't want to be thinking about it. I would love playing Candy Crush. Sometimes I right. want my brain to be dead, you know? Right. Absolutely, absolutely okay. But yes. at some point we have to wake up and, and say, hmm, what do I need to do to make, be a, a, a good human being in right. this world? Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do have to add an addendum that if it's only primarily new music, that it's okay for them to write happier pieces. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's okay. If you're a composer right now and you are wanting to explore happy, joy, any of those, that's fine. Um, we can really... <laughs> it's never old. Oh, it's never old. <laughs> you know, go ahead. The whole gamut's open. I'm fine. I'm ready. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I actually recently heard a piece um, that uh, the text was based, it was, uh, the text was an accidental, I guess a bot wrote yeah. the text out. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, the composer's name is, um, I hope I'm saying it right, Scott Wolschläger. Oh sure. yeah, Wolschläger, yeah, uh -huh, yeah. I, I, I couldn't, I, I look at it and I was like, it's German, Wolschläger. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But I thought it was fascinating. You know, yeah. I mean, there are, um, it, I think it's actually frightening uh, if, you, if you really think about it, but uh, bots and computers that are able to generate faces that do not right. exist, but right. they look like a, a you know, neighbor or something like yeah. that. You know, um, the fact that computers can make uh, compose music now, right, right, um, or make art, right? Yeah. Um, that's another story, Megan. Yeah. You'll, you'll approach that topic at some point or another. I find that very interesting and very, it, it stirs something in me. But, um, you know, for, for composers to take that bit and write something so, I mean, so esoteric and so beautiful, um, mm. I find that really inspiring that composers are able to take a, 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 a small moment or a, a small text yeah. or a small idea of or, or even a space and, and create I mean yeah. you know there there's pieces that are nothing it's just the yeah. noise around you for right right a minute many, many minutes right um so I think it's it's pretty amazing what composers can come up with and and yeah. and they are able to share with us but I, I I love what you're doing I love what you're doing and I love <laughs> well I love what you're doing <laughs> No, we're like preaching to the choir, aren't we? <laughs> um, well, I do have one more question before I let you go, if that's okay, if you have a minute. Because I, as as you know, why I'm here in the first place is I believe deeply in the power of curiosity. I just really love when we learn from each other and we grow, when we ask questions, when we take that time to interrogate a feeling or or be more open to the world around us. And so I'm wondering if if you would share something with us that you're curious about these days. Um, well, I, I, uh, I don't know if I'm, uh, curious, um, it, it not, the curious is not the word I would use. I, I guess I, I should allow myself to be more curious about things and, and look into it. Um, I think that I have been, uh, dealing with a lot of, um, I want to say it in a positive way. I am very happy that uh it being inclusive mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um diverse is also a good word but i don't think it captures everything yeah. Uh, yeah. inclusive is such a wonderful word um so that is something that i am thinking about a lot yeah uh and how can i be um 
more responsible uh, mm -hmm. as a teacher and a performer. Um, but I realized that then I went back to, oh, uh, I guess I am of, of, of the minority. And I have never really thought of it that way. Um, right. All my life, I've been trying to blend in. Yeah, it's, it's been very difficult. You know, we when I, I was born in Seoul, and I came over here when I was um, seven, and everything that who I was was very foreign to mm. the the place I grew up as a mm -hmm. child. So a um, lot of negative experiences, um, but at the same time, uh, experiences that you know make me. Who I am today, of course, um, but pretty much I've been living my life uh, trying to not stick out. Uh, being a performer is strange, you know. It's a bit of this um, strange concept, but I've done everything I could. But it, it, the more I, you know, if I got really good grades, the more I stood out. If I played the piano really well, um, I the more I stood out. Um, it just I just kept sticking out and mm -hmm. I was so oh and I I, bas I learned English because English is my second language but I yeah. basically tried to adapt a very American accent so <laughs> I, okay, yeah, I just don't I sound like I'm from here and, and <laughs> so if I really if I really think about it I can do that um so all my life I'm just trying to not see me as a Korean American mm. I think it's really interesting uh, I think I was so afraid um, right I apologize to people for being Korean in my own way right yeah so uh, now that I have children and they talk about there is inequality mm -hmm. in our school there mm -hmm. are things people say that are hurtful um, and, and so the fact that they're going through it, they, they're uh, stereotyping them. Mm -hmm. And so that means that they are still looked at, and they're actually half Korean and half, actually the quarter Irish and quarter Slovaks. So it's, it's wow. incredible, right? It's yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, but they're, they, you know, somehow are being looked at and seen differently. Yeah. So I am trying to be much more proactive about mm -hmm. who I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I go out there and perform, I don't want you to see me as, why is she doing Popea? <laughs> <laughs> she should do Madame Butterfly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't want people to think that way. Right, um, right. So the more I'm out there, uh, being responsible and be, being talking about this, yeah. Uh, I thought that I could be more um, try to make things a lot more normal. You know, so yeah. You will see an Asian um, playing something, and you will see an African American playing something, and yeah. and we're here. We're not, you know, we we're all here. We we should be just humans up here expressing beautiful music or expressing beautiful art or theater. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't want people to relate to me uh, as you look just like Sandra Oh because that's the only Korean American you know. Actually, she's Korean Canadian, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I 
there was uh, there are other Korean actors, <laughs> musicians. Yes, yes. <laughs> Don't compare me to Sandra Oh because that's the only one. So we need more people out there uh, of different cultures, mm-hmm. different um, different backgrounds. Yeah, kinds. Yeah, absolutely. We're not going, oh, yes. Oh, yes, we are being proactive. We're being very um, inclusive and diverse, aren't we? And we've checked that box. No, mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. that. It's right. become normal. Right. <laughs> that right. We're all here right. trying to make art. So yes, that is something absolutely. that, yes, I guess I am much more aware of it. And I, but, and I feel weight on my shoulders. Mm. Like I should be more um, proactive about it. Yeah. Well, I think that's your, the awareness. And when you're saying like, okay, well, great. Where, where am I going to, you know, live those values in my life? Right. I think that's, I'm hoping that's where we are all taking those questions. What our own curiosity about that is saying, what are all of the ways that I can live my values in this area? And you're saying, you know, as, as your musician self, also as your mom self, as all of yourselves, you know, you're saying like, yeah, it's available to me to be this, to, to be inclusive in, in every single one of myself <laughs> that yeah. make up I, this I mean, life. I, right. If I didn't have children, uh, and I'm not saying that one should have children so that you can learn from them. It, it, listen, you can learn in so many different ways. You don't have to have a baby to learn about life. You know, you can do a lot of different things to, to learn more. But because I, in my particular um, situation, I have children yeah. and they're they need to they need to grow up into a world that's a little bit more understanding mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. more open minded and more yeah. you know you know it's it's a better world it's a better balance out there yeah oscuro of uh, the big oscuro <laughs> yes absolutely I just did a terrible thing but I am sorry about that <laughs> um, but oh no I'm keeping that, that. <laughs> so I feel wow. You know, and people talk about, you know, our future generation. What are we going to do for our, our future generation? And uh, yeah. it's it's a small little thing. There are other things that we have to worry about, you know. Yeah. But, There's uh, just so many ways that we can each give of ourselves. Absolutely. Look at what's in front of us and say, yep, this is it. This is a way that I can do it. This so is a way that I can be available. issues yeah. that we have to address, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But we, can't, we can't do it all. So I'm just <laughs> a little, little, tiny, tiny portion of it. <laughs> Right. And you are too. You are absolutely. Um, Well, we do what we can with what we have, right? That's like the whole ethos of things is just like, well, what do I have available to me? Let's, let's see what I can make happen. So here we are doing that. But also, Ayang, where can people find you on the internet if they want to just be immersed in you, but both as a, you know, performer, where can they find out more about you and your performances, but also if anybody wanted to think about studying with you or anything like that, where should they go? Absolutely. Um, I, uh, uh, you, sorry, all of a sudden I just became, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, myself. Don't I'm going to put this in the, in the show notes. So anybody who is following along, Absolutely. just check the show notes. Sorry, sorry. Uh, you can, you can, I, it's not updated, but I will update it soon. I, it, now and now I feel I have responsibilities after I get off uh, online free with you. Um, you can find me on ayunghong.com, obviously. And, um, and uh, you can also find me through Peabody. Um, mm-hmm. You can go to peabody.jhu.edu and look at the faculty list and look up Hong, and I'll I'll pop up there with some other people. Actually, I'm not quite sure how they. It must be because they've done something in Hong Kong, and so they come out because they, their name has nothing to do with you know Ayung Hong. 
Well, in, just in case, you know, <laughs> like you might also like. <laughs> it's not even a voice teacher. <laughs> so, um, but yes, you can do that. Um, uh, Yes, uh, I think uh, self promotion is really hard. So maybe that's a tough question. Now, oh, I do want to say, yeah, if I this is nothing to do with anything really. I mean, it's just I think it's hilarious. I wish I could be a mezzo. <laughs> or it's pretty much all my my. I wish I could do this repertoire. Is all the repertoire that I can't really do. <laughs> Queen of the night, you know, anything by a really low mezzo, you know, which I could, yeah. So that's hilarious. We want to do what we can't do. Of course, always, right? Oh, if only I had that person's instrument, that person's voice, then I could like sing this thing. Oh, grown. That is the preacher of the choir there. I'm like, ooh, all of those things. Beautiful, beautiful (laughs) art and and music out there. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. You you're doing. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing so openly with me about about all of your thoughts on you know being a musician and you know being a good human in the world. <laughs> and so I hope that you know anybody who's listening find the show notes, check out what Ah Young's doing, and listen to her recordings and all sorts of good stuff. And and just one last time, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you so much for listening to this Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hey, before you go, do you have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there, at Mezzoenen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends or even strangers, really. So with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.